0: Climate Conversations on the Agenda with Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. Hello there and welcome to your latest edition of Climate Conversations in partnership with Dubai Holding. I'm Georgia Tolly, and on the agenda this week, it was our chance to look at some of the big sustainability stories making headlines. Our big focus was how you can make events like the Formula One more eco-friendly. We were delighted to welcome the team from Ethara into the studio to discuss how they're planning to make the F1 in Abu Dhabi as sustainable as possible. We also chatted to Expo City Dubai about how they're decarbonising their community, even as they continue to build new neighbourhoods. Climate conversations on the agenda with Dubai Holding together for the good of tomorrow. Hello there! Welcome back to the program. Fantastic to start our climate conversations uh, season again. It uh, is—it's a sort of a whole sort of series of episodes uh, that we are doing as a station-wide project. Uh, So I'm glad to be bearing the mantle uh, for today here on the agenda for the next sort of half hour or so. And I'm going to start with a little bit of music, which is sort of you know unexpected, I suppose, from the agenda. But have a listen to this. So, why am I playing you a sort of slightly scratchy version of Coldplay? Well, that is because that is them live at uh, Expo 2020 Dubai uh, when they played at the event. And they are just one band that are looking to make their events more environmentally friendly. Now, their concept uh, setup now includes really wild things like kinetic dance floors. Uh, there's also stationary bikes that the audience can jump on. And the idea between both of those is that, you know, you get the audience participation, that they actually generate energy. And that goes into batteries that then powers the show. Uh, the band is also, you know, pledging to plant millions of trees, including one for every ticket sold. And the reason why they went in for that is because they were genuinely concerned that, that touring hosting concerts all around the world was deeply environmentally friendly. It just didn't gel with their sustainability goals. So, I mean, I remember Chris Martin saying it and, and to, you know, to be fair, he's put his money where, where his mouth is. He said, we won't tour unless we can do it in an eco-friendly way. So that is sort of, that was the big headline grabbing sort of move. But But I think it's fair to say that the events industry more widely has realised That it needs to go green. And obviously, mice or meetings, incentives, conferences and exhibitions really is one of the sort of lifebloods of the tourism sector here. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined in the studio by Danny Klima. He's the venue portfolio director at Ethara. Danny, great to have you join us in the studio. How are you?
1: Very good. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's lovely to have you here. And uh, for those people who might not have heard of Ethara, where have you been under a rock? Um, You guys are behind... I mean, massive events such as the F1 uh, in Abu Dhabi, which, of course, is only eight weeks away. Terrifying, right? (laughs) Sold out, am I right?
1: Yes. Most of our our ticket categories are sold out and and we're in the final stages of uh, getting our tickets ready out to, to go to the customers and... Seven, it's actually seven weeks.
0: <laughs> seven weeks. Oh, yeah, my goodness. so every
1: day counts at this moment.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. But, I mean, you're, you're clearly a, a massive events organiser. Mm. And therefore, a, 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 and the F1 not known for being the most eco-friendly of events, one might argue.
1: Yeah, so what's uh, what's kind of kicked things off was back in 2019 when Formula One, they, they released their uh, net zero strategy and uh, also, the FIA have their uh, 2030 strategy as well. So it was a good—it was a good catalyst for us to take a look at ourselves as a business and as an event organizer, and and really align to to, to all the things that they were starting to do. Um, as as a business at the time and a venue operator, we we'd been doing small sustainability uh, initiatives around the business facilities or uh, corporate or through supply chain. Um, And and 2019 was really the the time when it all came together. Um, We formed a committee, um, got the CEO uh, support and and that really kind of paved the way for us to start taking sustainability seriously
0: so what type of initiatives came out of that committee you know what type of things are you introducing not just at the f1 but on a sort of more general level because you have other big events under your umbrella don't you
1: yeah exactly so we operate um a number of venues uh, etihad arena being being another big one that Staging uh, lots of events uh, that are coming up.
0: Loads of concerts. You guys have been busy over been the summer busy. booking people. <laughs> or I mean, actually, some of these stars have been booked. Uh, you know, m- uh, up to a year in advance. I yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Correct. And um, the the main initiatives that we've been focused in, focused on since the integration um, and and the launch of Athara is really yeah, refining our corporate policy, uh, working through our net zero strategy framework, which which kind of creates three main pillars for us to. Look at the business and events through, and, and really zero in on nine particular goals that that we are, that we're driving through the business. Um, so policies and procedures, uh, we've been awarded the ISO 2121, which is a international standards organisation. It's it's a global certification for the way we plan and deliver the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And we've also been awarded the uh, ISO standard 14001, which, which is the way uh, we operate Yasmarina Circa as a venue. So, with those two certifications and, and our FIA three star environmental management certification, we're only one of two, two uh, promoters on the F1 calendar that, that have these credentials. So, we're, we're really proud of that. Uh, we, we're really leading the, the, the pack globally um, from an F1 promoter perspective and regionally i I would i would say we're definitely um you know leading the the region um, in the gulf
0: it's interesting how you've really lent into this and i think that's what companies in every single sector not just in the uae but around the world are going to be required to do i think also on a personal level we're all just gonna have to lean in a bit when it comes to looking at our eco impact so to speak
1: I i think that's important um that's definitely you can't shy away from it. You have to acknowledge acknowledge it and lean into it. And you you need to measure your impact. And we've done we've been doing that since two thousand and nineteen. Uh, we baselined our carbon footprint. We um, became a signatory for the United Nations Sports for Climate Action, and we've been continuing to to uh, put improvements in the way we operate and remeasure year on year. So we, we're you know we're doing some good work in some areas. There are other areas where we need to to improve. Um, we've just completed a, a, a major technology project where we've uh, upgraded our track lighting to LED. Um, so we had, a, we had a, a previous technology and we've, we've uh, upgraded it to a, to a new technology and that will reduce our energy consumption by 30%.
0: I mean, that is a huge step. A, mm. And I'm going to have to ask you the tricky question. You know, is, it, is it expensive doing things like that? Is it, is it still quite expensive to be greener?
1: sustainability comes with with a cost there there is there is a cost uh you you need you need to have investment in technology you need to invest in time in the business you know people have to commit their their time to to coming to the table and having conversations and and it's it's not always uh it's not always on the front of people's mind and commercial profits are important mm-hmm. um is important uh, so the challenge is getting all, all of the different parties to to the table and having a balanced conversation and agreeing a way forward. This, this is where the net zero strategy comes in. This is where the steering committee comes in. Um, our CEO chairs it and we, we have all of the senior leadership team come and, and we meet and we talk about sustainability matters and we talk about what we're going to do over the next three to five years. So we have a roadmap. Um, and, and, yeah, there's an investment. We put business cases forward some are very good in 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 terms of reducing operating costs. Um, some... Yeah, so
0: I suppose if you've got the fancy LEDs, mm. you're using less power. Good for the environment, yep. but also smaller electricity bill.
1: Smaller electricity bill and uh, much more capability. So stay tuned for the final uh, light show on oh, the wow. uh, on the Sunday night of the Grand Prix.
0: Oh, that is very awesome. Okay, that that's very exciting. I mean, how about things that um that you know that are sort of Specific to the events industry, the disposable element. So you've got, I mean, you'll tell me how many people have you got coming to the final concert uh, for the F one on Sunday night? Do you reckon?
1: Yeah, we'll be we'll be anywhere between forty 000 to fifty thousand at the concert itself, and and on Yas Island, um, we'll be anywhere around 70,000 70, people on. On race day so it's it's a huge amount of people uh, making their way to the circuit
0: and drinking out of disposable cups eating off disposable food containers you know have you do you look into you know do you get into the minutiae of even that
1: we do um the 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 management processes that we have in place through the iso standards kind of encourage the teams to to work with suppliers and, and have those conversations we're really proud of the way we've developed over the last few years particularly around the F&B um, operations. We've studied we've studied the patterns of when people arrive so that we don't have too much food produced that goes to waste. So we use all this analytical um, uh, data that we collect year on year and, and we sit with the, the producers of the food and we make sure that they're producing to the right volumes for the right amount of people. Um, we've moved away from... Tickets. So I remember back in the day when you would have yeah, got your tickets,
0: t- and, and the, I suppose you still need the wristband. We still a need the wristband. Extent. That's that's yeah. a that's
1: a crowd safety um, aspect for us. But you would remember back in the day, you'd, you'd get your pack and you'd open it up, and oh you'd yeah, get your there'd tickets. be
0: reams of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So we've
1: eliminated all that. And we've got digital a digital ticket now, um, straight to the phone, straight through the through the gate uh, through the gates and into the venue. So we've progressively looked at different parts of the event and looked at where we can be more efficient um, operationally and and then also um, from the sustainability lens as well.
0: Really interesting stuff. Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to come into the studio to talk to us about this. Really interesting to hear how, you know. I wouldn't have necessarily put the events sort of uh, industry at, at the forefront of sort of needing to make sustainable choices. You know, you tend to think of oil and gas. You tend to think of automotive industries. But obviously, you know, every single sector is going to have to start this sort of um, self, self... I was going to say navel gazing, but it's positive. <laughs> you know, every no, but everyone needs to look at themselves, right? Everyone needs to look at how they carry out their business and, and exactly. to figure out how to be more sustainable.
1: Yeah, and, and we need to um, also you know, take the feedback from the customers and give them the choice to be sustainable. Like, how are they going to get to the event in a sustainable manner? We need to, we need to engineer that. It just doesn't happen. We have a large stakeholder group, so, we, you know, we work with Department of Transport. Um, we work with uh, yes Mall, which is a major park and ride hub. So we have, to, we have to look at the way we architect our products and services and, and bring them to market and give, give our customers and fans the choice to be sustainable.
0: Really fantastic to have you join us. Thank you very much indeed. You've just been listening to the voice of Danny Klima. He's Venue Portfolio Director at Ethara. Uh, they are responsible for things like the F1 and also Etihad Arena. Climate conversations on the agenda. With Dubai Holding, together for the good of tomorrow. Well, that came round quickly. Welcome back to your Climate Conversations episode on the agenda. It is our chance to basically put the spotlight on sustainable. I suppose, sustainability stories. uh, That's what we like to do here on the agenda. We look at the news headlines uh, and we bring the most interesting ones to you. Uh, So this uh, climate conversation just means we'd put a sort of eco-friendly lens on everything. And we have been so far this morning discussing how events can become more eco-friendly. We're going to turn now our attention, it's sort of linked, because we're turning our attention to a site which, of course, is playing host to a massive event later this year. Of course, COP28 is going to be host at Expo City Dubai. Now, what is now a neighbourhood, obviously it hosted Expo 2020, but is now, you know, a sort of residential neighbourhood. And they've just unveiled a decarbonisation roadmap. Um... I need to find out what it is <laughs> first of all uh, we want to know whether uh, you know it really is going to be an eco-friendly community and I'm pleased to say that the one sort of nod in the right direction is that they have a chief of sustainability I don't know how many other neighborhoods have one of those uh, who joins me now in the studio welcome Matt Brown how are you thank you for coming in
2: thanks Georgia nice of you to have me
0: well it's very good to have you here and um, you have just released this decarbonization roadmap I, I mean First of all, what is it? (laughs) I don't really know what it is. I mean, I've imagined the clues in the name.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, It's a long title, isn't it? Um, For some of your listeners. But to to try and break that down, under the the UAE net zero 2050, um, we're looking to try and raise the bar. Uh, Expo City Dubai on a blueprint for sustainable living. So, so, so what is that? For us, it was about trying to paint a, a roadmap, a plan, a strategy to, to look at the next 27 years to break it down into a set of long term bold targets um, to really push the envelope on what we can try and do within sustainability to set meaningful and, and scientifically targeted medium-term goals and then to prove some some, some points in the short term um, to get us onto that curve, um, to, to really build on the platform that we had as, as sustainability as a sub-theme to Expo 2020 and to now look at the future and, and turn it into real meaningful action.
0: It's really interesting how, um, how things are changing here uh, as far as the sort of way The way in which the sort of construction industry is looking at things, the way in which uh, neighbourhoods are looking at things. But I think it is still pretty unusual for for any sort of neighbourhood to have a decarbonisation roadmap. How much of that decision was influenced by the fact that you're going to be the host venue for COP28 in, in the coming months?
2: Yeah, so we, look, we, fe- we felt it was important to be transparent, first of all, to come out um, to, to be one of the first, uh, as you put it, neighbourhoods for us, city, community um, that, that went out publicly to really show um, what we want to achieve in the long term. So it, it wasn't necessarily something that, that we we came out with because we were the hosts of COP28. For us, the starting place for, for COP28 as an event was, was the legacy piece in its truest sort of definition of sustainability. We were looking to the long term. And that's why this, this, this roadmap really looks to the next few decades. Now, clearly, the opportunity of, of hosting COP28 presents us with a raft of opportunities that we can actually achieve some real short-term gains. And for us, it's then not about taking any backward step, but actually using it as a as a springboard as to how we move on beyond the event into 2024.
0: There's a lot of building going on on the site. Obviously, a lot of the pavilions had to be demolished or taken down. and Sometimes they're rebuilt in, in their home countries, aren't they? And several have been demolished, although less than at a normal expo, which is worth mentioning and you've got your three legacy pavilions that were always going to be there the opportunity sustainability and mobility but there is a lot of movement of buildings going down and then buildings going up again how are you construction traditionally not the most sort of eco-friendly of of industries how are you keeping that sort of within your decarbonization program how you know how can you align those two things where you're having to build but but you're trying to stay green
2: yeah, I think, look, it's a really good question. It presents a challenge. It's not easy. Um, but I think that we've, we've put a number of things in place. I think to your question there about change, we've, um, we've held over 80% of the infrastructure that was put in place for Expo 2020. And that, certainly going back to the COP28 question, was was made, as we believe, an ideal host um, venue in, in you know, using some of the sustainable items that are there in place already as part of the infrastructure. I think that in terms of the, the construction part, clearly, yes, we are still building Expo Valley, Mangrove Residences um, in terms of a residential offering and our commercial tenants to come. Um, but we feel the key, the key word in that is being responsible about that build. Now, whether that's um, the likes of the, the, the lead certifications with some of our energy management, we've managed to reduce energy um, by, by 33% for the majority of our buildings. We've got the likes of our Terra Sustainability Pavilion, obviously pushing the boundaries as a flagship sustainability venue. And I think for the new construction projects to come, we've looked at uh, another raft of, of measures in addition. We're, we're the first well community uh, to be signed up. We've actually got uh, twenty three of our buildings about to uh, qualify as as, as well uh, health and safety um, certified um, and the likes of the, the kind of uh, e- eco reserve that we 're going to put in as part of, of Expo Valley are just a, a number of things where we 're trying to look at ultimately a challenge of constructing new buildings. Um, but but trying to to do that with a reduction of carbon, we're trying to reduce our carbon footprint in the build of, of what we call the embodied carbon by forty percent by 20, 2030, which is which is above and beyond most most projects.
0: Do you think that what you're doing could be replicated in other neighbourhoods, or is the reality that that you know this is a government project and being sustainable is quite expensive?
2: Um, yeah look I, I think a similar question to to, to Danny previously yeah. um, we don 't like to think of it as kind of expensive or not expensive sustainability is is about environmental, social, and economic um, pillars, and people sometimes forget that economic pillar. I think to be truly sustainable. You know, we, we we can't just exist in the in the loss column of a profit and loss column. For that, we, we're trying to look at ways uh, with that economic value to really invest into the future, so that any any cost is coming with a long term payback. Otherwise, we're not going to be truly sustainable. Um, you know, people naturally jump to the environmental aspects, but I think that for us, it was important to build something that was lasting. You know, under the the 2040 Dubai uh, Urban Master Plan, for us, it was about developing these buildings, developing these these new projects, but keeping to some pretty strong true values. Uh, And to your question around other projects, you know, we hope to lead the way. We hope to really set some new benchmarks just like we did when we hosted Expo 2020.
0: Really interesting stuff. Matt Brown, Chief of Sustainability for Expo City Dubai. A pleasure to have you join us in the studio. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Yeah, that does bring us to the close of our Climate Conversations episode for today. But don't worry, uh, one of the other programmes will be taking up the mantle uh, next week. So you can stay tuned. And remember, you can download all of our Climate Conversations episodes. Just check out our website, Dubai 1038com Climate conversations on the agenda with Dubai Holding together for the good of tomorrow.